Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm in the bowels of the GSP Stadium here in Nicosia in Cyprus, ahead of our Europa League game against Apollon Limassol. And I'm joined by two real characters of Everton Football Club, Ian Snowden and Jimmy Martin. Snod, you two go back a long way, don't you? Certainly do. 1987, I first got introduced to this uh, gentleman and he was then the coach driver of Everton Football Club. So... Uh, his roles have changed dramatically since <laughs> I first got introduced to him. Still uh, looking after the players, though, Absolutely incredible. Uh, Everton Football Club wouldn't be the same without this gentleman. I really mean that. I'm not just saying because he stood next to me, but uh, Jimmy's a great character, and uh, you, need pl- you need people like him around the dressing room when he's been here so long now. He's, uh, he's part of the furniture. Cast your mind back right to the very beginning, Jimmy. How did you come to be employed by Everton Football Club as the driver? Uh, the driver who had the job before, uh, lad called Sir, Sir Williams, uh, he retired, he was uh, about 65 and then does he have to retire and I was uh, like the only Evertonian that actually worked for these words, we're all like Liverpool fans, so I, uh, I was asked to take the job and I went with Sir for about six months as a second driver just to find out where all the grounds were. No sad nabs in them days, you know what I mean? You had to find your own way. No mobile phone if you got lost either, was there? No, no, no mobile phone, nothing like that, lad. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get lost? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you've got, you got people like him sitting behind you, you always get lost. You've got no chance, have you? And as the players really let him know as well, if he took a wrong turning, we used to get right into him, by the way. But uh, no, we've had some, we've had some great trips. Along Didn't he get way. kidnapped once? Who? Jimmy had taken to Spain. Yeah, well, no, he was... Uh, yeah, we were in uh, we were in Mallorca and uh, Jimmy had just gone for a nice stroll in the morning and me, Graham Sharp, Neil Poynton had gone for an early drink. I think it was about half nine, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jimmy had just gone for a stroll. He'd left his hotel and gone for a stroll. And we just called him in and he says, no, I've got to go and, uh, I've got to go and meet Colin in half an hour. We go for a little bit of a swim and a jog. I says, well, just come and have a, just come and have a little cup of coffee with us. So he did, he walked in <laughs> three hours later, honestly. <laughs> I dragged out. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he, honestly, Colin Harvey come looking in, so we give Colin the wink and he's going, has anybody seen Jimmy Martin? And he was riding, I'm not saying he was scared of Colin, but he was riding under the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, and then I got pulled out under the table with Daddy Darricott, yeah. stripped all my gear off me, <laughs> and then put me in a taxi and sent me back to the, the hotel. They weren't going to take me, of course, would they? And they paid about 50 quid for the taxi driver to take me back on, and I put of underpants on. <laughs> that was the days. The team spirit was like that in those days, though, Jimmy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, you had to join in. I mean, we had to be back at 10 o'clock because Colin was mad, mad on running. So it'd be me, Lions, you Terry Darricott, and all that. I had to go on a run. No matter how long you'd been out at night, if you weren't there for 10 o'clock, you got hammered mm. in his nuts. Mm. It was unbelievable. One of the most memorable journeys I would expect was from Caro Road in 1987. Now, ordinarily, you'd want Jimmy to put his foot down, get you home as quickly as possible. Not that day. Oh, it was, it was an incredible result. That's why I signed for Everton Football Club to come and, to come and win uh, things. Uh, we won the championship down at Norwich and uh, it was an unbelievable day. The fans certainly came out in the droves, thousands down there at Carrow Road. And then we got on, we, we, Pat Van Den Hout scored the early goal and we held on for the most famous victory, uh, for me anyway, at Everton Football Club. So uh, I remember getting on the, uh, the champagne was in the dressing room to start with. I'd never had any champagne in my life. I was from Rotherham in Yorkshire, I'd never even sampled any. And uh, when we finally opened that, we won the game champagne the beers were flowing we gets on the bus Howard Kendall's at the front and we had Everton radio Terry Darricott the DJ at the front of the bus just encouraging every one of us to get up singing and all I could hear Jimmy's on the inside lane he must have been doing 
40 mile an hour on the motorway and Howard Kendall's going, Aging me lad, slow down, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Must have been difficult to concentrate that day. Well, I, I, it was because I kept getting a mic on the head as well, all the way back as well. <laughs> slow down as well and take that boil off your foot and all that. <laughs> well, it was unbelievable. You loved Howard, didn't you? Yeah, absolute gentleman. He was uh, so organised, he knew what he was doing and he was such a nice man, he'd look after you, you know, um, and I never had a lot of money when I first joined Evan. He'd put like a hundred pound in your pocket, take your wife and kids out the weekend. Not many people would do that, that's the kind of how, that was our Kendall. He made sure everybody was involved, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he knew who'd put an arm around in his nods, yeah. and he knew who could tell off and all that. He was just an absolute, very good at his job. Knew so how did you be... The kitman, how did you change from being the coach driver to becoming the kitman? Well, I, I would, well, I used to because it was a dec decorator by trade, I used to go around and do Colin's house or, or make like that. I'd, I'd take around in the summer when, I, when we're off because I used to do the A team and the B team and the reserve team and all that. If the reserves were away to Man United, the team, the only team would be able to play at Goodison, you know what I mean? So it was, we, every every like weekend we'd be away and so it was good, and then, and then, then Howard just come in one day and he said, I've got a job for you, not thinking it was going to be a job in the club. So I said, how many rooms do you want to do it? You know, and he went, uh, no, lad, I've got a job for you in the club. I want you to be our kit manager. I went, oh, my God. So he, he said, come and see me on Saturday before you go to Man U, and then we'll sort something out. Anyway, when I went there, Jim Greenwood was in his little office at the back, you know, Snods, yeah, where he be, and he had this contract. You know, I just he said, take it home and come back in and get someone to come in with you tomorrow. I had an old clapped out mini then, you know what I mean? It's falling to bits. So when I come in the next day, I signed this contract and he went, Yeah, lad, they're yours. It was a brand new, I don't forget, it was like a brand new Ford Orion gear. <laughs> I had the best guy on the street then. <laughs> that was just uh, that, and that was me. It was How name. did you pick the job up? Did you have to go to other clubs and visit other kit men no, and speak to them? No, uh, we had a little <coughs> kit room behind Mary that. Uh, yeah. Belfield it was, uh, it was only like a small like a toilet wasn't it mm. it was that small and I'd be on me every day and have a table and I used to do all the folding on the floor and these would give me hell and I, he'd come in Sharpie would come in uh, Neil Point and they were the crew them days you know Diamond <laughs> and all that it was it was hard work just to put up with them Does just let me tell you I know many many players have signed for Everton Football Club among, along the years but I think that's probably one of our Kendall's best signings. Yeah. To get Jimmy Martin involved at, at Everton Football Club, the club that he supported, uh, from a coach driver to the kit manager, he's still here to this day, and he takes no no messing from anybody. Whoever you are, however bigger the name is, once you uh, upset Jimmy Martin, he lets you know, and uh, he does it in, a, in, in the right way, but you know you'll not do it again, whatever mistake you've made. It does no harm, does it, to let new signings know where they stand no, and to keep the young no, kids' we, feet we, on uh, the we ground? Had Eto come from uh, Barcelona and mm. Chelsea and all them. He dropped his shorts in the, in the showers, and I always went to him and he, lad, I don't care where you've been or what you've done in your career, but you don't do that here. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> and he went, oh, sorry, 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 you know me, Samuel Eto'. You and I have seen Tony and Jimmy and Sean putting the kit out mm. on away grounds. The amount of kit that the boys have got to take is beyond belief, isn't it? Daz, I've seen him work down at Finch Farm, and uh, they're so well prepared, so well organised. And you're right, Sean, uh, the young lad as well, Ben. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a great lad as well. Uh, they'll be 
they'll be getting him to do uh, certain things as well. But you don't. It's not just here on a match day when the team run out. You think, oh yeah, they look well. Everton look well. It's what goes on behind the scenes. And I've seen them. They, they work extremely hard uh, for each other. There's a good camaraderie between the three of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tony he likes a little moan now and again, doesn't he, Tony? <laughs> Does he like a big moan? <laughs> Tony likes a big moan then. And uh, no, but they get on great. And uh, yeah, I, I hope they're here for many, many years to come. Is it possible to estimate how many shirts you'll go through for the first team in one season? Well, this year's been an absolute night. We've played about 17 games now, and 13 sets of kit have been different shirts because of different sponsors on the front. The European ones have been changed three times because of the. the, the the Umbro diamond down the sleeves and all that. So it's been it's been a horrendous this year, you want to call it. And we've gone through so many. It's every game we like to pin in because we have to take sixty shirts for every mm. game. You have to take three shirts for every player who's in the squad. How many games ahead of yourself are you, Jimmy? Because I've oh, got, I've, I've been to, I've been in to see you in the kit room. I'd say we've got Liverpool on Sunday, for example. The kit for Liverpool will have long been done, and you'll be uh, looking at the next two, couple of games. Liverpool would have been done two weeks ago, and then while we're away here. Tony will be doing the next games, which is Newcastle away. He'll be doing that. Now we're out of Europe, we, it takes a bit of pressure off us as well. So, uh, But we've got the under-23s to do as well. They've got like two games a week as well. So it's not just the first team who's got two, three games a week. We've got the 23s as well, which is Sean's full-time on the 23s. He has the days off when they have the days off. And me and Tony have the days off with the first team. And Ben works for the first team going out with the training every day. We're using 300 towels a day. That's, that's how big wow. it is now. What difference does it make having your own laundry on site? Because I know at Belfield, in Snod's day, you used to have to have a delivery van coming in, load the dirty laundry on, he dropped the clean stuff off, whereas now you can just put it in the skips and push it up to the laundry on site. Yeah, but, you know, even uh, the laundry do all the academy and all that as well, so, you know, they're, they're working... It's a massive like, operation, isn't it? They're working seven days a week in the laundry, you know what I mean? Sometimes we can wait two or three days before we get some of our kit back, but we actually work with the laundry and say, look, we don't need this kit now for another week. Take your time with it, but do it properly. You know what I mean? I don't want it rushing through, and, and mm. we don't try and get anything rushed through because because we've got two or three kits for, the, for every different kit that we've got. We just make sure that we, we we do it properly, and that's why it looks good on a Saturday or a Sunday. And that's only part of it, isn't it? They swap shirts at half time. They swap shirts at full time. They throw them into the crowd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Watch this." And the player will remain nameless, but he crunches the shirt up as small as he can and puts it in his yeah. wash bag. Mikel Arteta started that. <laughs> he had the smallest soap bag you've ever seen in your life, Mikel, and he rolled the shirt up so tight that he'd get it in his soap bag. <laughs> and then we got to find out where he had it. We, we, at first, you think there's no way he's going to get a shirt in that soap bag, and it was in there. <laughs> but you know, every time he put it in there. We took it out, <laughs> you know. So, so Mikel would go, aye, 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 aye. And I go, Mikel, you know, it's fine, lad. If you could keep one player's shirt from all your time in Everton, whose player's shirt would it be? Ian Snodden. Thank you, Jim. I will tell you what, it's a good job he said that. Yeah. So we're just going to hit him in his right rib cage. It'd be no, a bit big for you, wouldn't it? Uh, well, it'd be well too big for me. But I'd, I'd just use it for the, like a night or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, so seriously, Jimmy, all the good players that we've had, who's shirt or who were the best person that treated you the best or whatever, who's shirt out of everybody you've worked with would you would you really like to keep? Well, I've kept in touch with Andy Kanchelskis. He's, he's mm. actually signed his book for me as well, you know what I mean? He was a good mm. lad to me, he looked after me, but I did go and run after his cigarettes and go and get his fags <laughs> and his lighter from the shop, you know what I mean? Even in the rain, you know what I mean? And I quite like Andy, he was really good to me and Les L. What was Gaza like, Jimmy? He was a nightmare for me. <laughs> he used to give his boots away before the game and all that. <laughs> That's how bad he was. His training shoes, his 
if we go to the pub and he'll come out with somebody else's gear on, like <laughs> a builder's gear, you know what I mean? <laughs> took his track in all that. He was, he was class. You were in the English squad with Gazza, weren't you? I was, yeah. The 89, uh, ready for the 90 Italia squad. Uh, unfortunately, I, I picked up a, a really bad injury and didn't didn't actually make the the squad for uh, for Italy. But yeah, he was he was the same as we went out to Albania, and not only did he keep uh, the Albanian kids that had come to watch training amused, he kept all of us absolutely amused, including Bobby Robson as well. Yeah. Bobby Robson were in aesthetics one night. He's feeding the kids all chocolate from his hotel window. And they're all shouting his name, all these young kids. There must have been three or four hundred in the Gaza. And they give us loads of chocolate, obviously, to, to our... So I was room with Tony Cotty at the time, and Gaza went, Sometimes have you got chocolate in your room? I said, yeah, and go and get it. So I broke it all up, throwing it all out. All these Albanian kids scrambling about, Gaza, Gaza. <laughs> he run out of chocolate. So he said, right, lads, into your rooms and get your soap. And I'm thinking, no. So we all bring the soap back, he chops it up, and he just throws it out of the window. <laughs> and all the kids are scrambling and start eating it. And next thing, they're all going, oh, and they're selling him off and everything. It was quite incredible. It's been an absolute pleasure to host the podcast from Cyprus. The uh, first team squad are just arriving for the game. So my thanks to Jimmy Martin, Ian Snowden, and to you for listening. <laughs>